Hey, well, good morning this morning. Um, I I've got a couple of uh, kind of current CDs here. And uh, anyway, um, how about you guys? Sitting up toward the front is like a good thing. Um, and, uh, but I was like, you know, thinking about this this week a little bit, like, what are you listening to? What am I listening? What are we listening to? I thought, you know, how so many things at this kind of season of time are vying for our attention, right? You know, they're moving stuff around behind me. But I mean, I know that. But okay, but there's lots of stuff vying for our attention, whether it's on commercials, on television, or the radio, or you're getting stuff on your iPhone. There's all kinds of things that want our attention. There's things that, are, that we're listening to, messages that we're listening to. We want to make sure that we don't miss something important on the calendar. We don't want to, like, miss an office party or something at school with our kids or grandkids. We, don't, we want to make sure that we're, we're getting the right messages and we're hearing it. We're on top of stuff, and so many things kind of accumulate that all of a sudden, without our even knowing it, it's like all these other things sort of take over what's being spoken into our lives. And we can, we can miss God speaking into our lives a message that he wants to talk. He wants to speak. He has a word to say to us. Each day, not just on Sunday, but each day there are times like that. I love how Samuel responded to God. Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Why don't you say that with me? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Why don't you just pray that right now? Just, I'll be quiet, you pray it. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Lord, we want to hear your voice today. We want to hear your words to us. Speak into our lives today so that we would hear you. God, that you would bring words of hope and joy to us, words that remind us that we belong to you. God, that you love us. God, would you just speak those words into our lives today? We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Gosh, some of you seem so far away from me. How many people got up this morning and got out of bed? Okay, if you don't know, turn to the person next to you and say, am I here? Okay. Um, and how many actually got out of bed and walked somewhere to get food? Not bad, okay. Um, and then some of you probably walked to get to your car. How many people walked to get to their car? Got in their car, drove here, got out of their car, and walked in. This is the accelerated group. Anyway... <laughs> I'm just saying. So really, most of us are, are pretty good at walking, right? We pretty much have that down. We can get to where we're going, right? So I'm just going to ask you to do one more walk for me. So if you'd kind of stand up right now. Stand up, everybody stand up. And if you'd move forward, unless you're right in the front row, why don't you just kind of move forward? Because so, I'm going to need your participation this morning. It will really help me if you move forward a little bit. Great, thank you, thank you. You know, this is like the best. This, 
This is like if you want to make the pastor happy, <laughs> come and sit at the front. And you might get a CD, so you never know. Anyway, that's like a good deal. It's kind of like a, a prompting thing. Okay, all right, awesome, awesome. All right. So how many of you um, have ever like been backstage about to go on for some reason? Maybe you were in a Christmas play. Maybe it was in a community production. Maybe it was a, a choral group or you had a solo to sing, but you were backstage and you were waiting your turn to go on. And as you were backstage, everybody else had like already vacated and either was on stage or it was just your turn. The only person backstage with you was one other person, and that was the stage director. And they were about to point to you to say, you're on. And if you remember that, if you've been in that position at some point in your life, you know those kind of feelings that are running through you as you're waiting to go on. And maybe you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, my parents are here, my grandparents are here, aunts and uncles are here, people I didn't even know I was related to are here, and you're, you're kind of feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders. You don't want to besmirch the family name. You want to come through, and you're only eight. <laughs> but you're, you're wondering, man, I'm going out there. And you think about it, and as you, before you go out there, you know, your hands are sweaty. You know what I mean? You can barely catch your breath. Your throat is dry, and you feel like you're about to throw up. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, it's, it's your moment to go out there. Wow. You're on. The angels were waiting. The angels were waiting for that moment in time to go on. They were waiting for an event that had never happened before. It was a once-in-a-lifetime event. No, it really was, it was a once-in-an-eternity event. What if you happened to be invited to an event like that, a once-in-a-lifetime event, and somebody gave you front-row seats at a once-in-a-lifetime event? What would you have been thinking? How would you have been feeling? What the privilege of being able to be there? The angels were ready. The angels were ready. They were ready for the, for the sky to open up. They were ready. I wonder what they were thinking. I wonder, I, wonder if, I wonder if the curtain were to open up in some theater and some production was about to take place and the curtain opened up in front of all of the cast of characters and nobody was there. What would that feel like? Well, when the curtain opens up before the angels, there's more animals there than human beings. I wonder if they had lost focus then. I wonder if they were disturbed by that. I wonder if they kind of took the wind out of their sails. I wonder if they felt like, wow, what a letdown. From our perspective, sometimes it might feel that way. That the angels are ready. There's, there's an army of angels is how the, the Bible says. There's like this army of angels when this cloud, the sky opens up. They're ready. And I don't know what the rest of the world was doing at that time right then. Doesn't say a whole lot about it, but a lot of people missed it. Probably most everybody else missed it. I don't know if they were busy shopping. It was so crowded at the mall, they couldn't even find their car in the parking lot. They lost their keys. They had to go to three more stores. I don't know. It was like that right then. 
in Bethlehem. Everybody was jammed into the city. There were more people than normal, way more people than normal. There wasn't places to stay anywhere. It was a packed house, and people were so busy. Maybe they gave up in the evening and said, we're in for the night. We're not going out. We're not facing the crowds. Whatever else is happening, we just got to calm down right now, and they just settled in. But whatever it was, that whole area seemed to miss it. They missed it. The only ones that really caught it were the shepherds, right? They were the only ones that saw the heavens open up and an army of angels fill the sky. And the angels break through the sky. Glory to God in the highest. Hmm. I wonder what that's like. From our perspective, we might be thinking, wow, what, what a bummer for them. For the angels here, they're all set, practiced, and ready to go. And maybe the wind was kind of taking, did they give it all they had? I mean, did they hold back something because it wasn't what they expected to do? I think it was more like this. I think what happened was maybe there was, there was one of the angels that kind of went over to the side curtain and kind of peeked out, kind of pulled that curtain aside a little bit, just kind of peeked out to see what was out there, who was out there, and then came back excitedly to the whole, whole myriad of angels and said in a whisper, they're here, the most important ones that we were hoping would come. They're here, they're in the front row. The shepherds are here. And the angels are thrilled because that's who they're, that's who they're breaking forth on. The shepherds are here. Well, this morning, I, I want you to help me a little bit. Whoop, got to move this over. A um, uh, little audience participation. That's kind of why I wanted you to move forward. Okay, hopefully that's not too much of a reflection on you. But anyway, so there, I'm kind of going to do like an acrostic. You know, the fourth Sunday, the fourth Sunday, the candle that we lit today, that's the, that's the angel candle, and it's the candle, of, it's the candle of, about love. It's the, the love candle, the angel's candle. So I want you to help me today. Um, with a few things. So we're going to do a little angel acrostic across the, this guy right here. So, and I'm going to ask you as I go through, first service I didn't use the right color. So I know somebody was upset that I didn't use the right color. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm using a different color. I don't even know what color this is, but I'm using it. Anyway, so the first thing is like, I just give me some words that start with that letter that are a part of the story. Okay, so, oh, wait a minute. I forgot something. Where's my picture? We got that? Yeah, okay, good, all right. So what is this picture? Yes! Okay, good. All right, there you go. There you go, all right. Or an art student, seminary student or an art student would get that. But no, no, I mean, there are many, many pictures of this. This is, this, this is called the Annunciation. It is the angel coming to Mary, right? Remember, this is the clue. Today is all about angels. Okay, so this is the angel coming to Mary. And, and probably more than almost any other art piece, focused piece, are the Annunciation pieces painted by literally thousands of artists. They have painted the Annunciation scene of the angel coming and giving that message to Mary. The Annunciation. The Annunciation. So give me a word that starts with A. Adoration, that is a good word. That's not the word I'm looking for. That's a good word. That's good. No, keep throwing them out there. Okay. What's apostolic? Oh, another good word. Okay. Announcement, announce. That's the word I'm looking for. 
Okay, the angels are about the announcement, aren't they? They announce. They announce. Wow. They are the ones who are announcing what's going to happen. They're the ones that are telling Mary about God's message. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Wow. In John 1.14, we read this, The Word became flesh and, and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the angel comes to show the glory of God, bringing a message that is full of grace and truth. Wow. Came to announce to announce. All right, second letter. Second letter is, because we're going to spell angel, so it shouldn't be that tough for some of you guys. Again, this is the accelerated group. Okay, so what? give me a letter that starts with N. Nativity, that's a good one. That's kind of the overarching principle of what we're talking about here. What else? What are they announcing? There we go, news. All right, good. There. All right. I should have brought candy this morning because that would have like maybe been a higher motivator for some. Anyway, okay. Um, no, news. So they're about the news, right? They're about news. Um, it says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will, that will cause great joy for all the people. You know, a while back I was, um, I don't know if you've been like me when you're driving in your car and then all of a sudden you know, you're singing or something's going on. Then you happen to look in your rearview mirror, which I try to do maybe once a day. But anyway, so you look in your, you your rearview mirror, and then when you look in your rearview mirror, there's this exciting sight that happens. You look in it, and there's a red light flashing. You know what I'm talking about? You know, yeah, okay, so you know that feeling. There's kind of a feeling of anxiety, worry, fear, all of that stuff. And that happened to me. And, and, I, and I was thinking how, um, you know, you pull over and the, person pulls behind you and, you know, you stay in the car and, and then you're like trying to figure out, gosh, I know I had uh, insurance. I know it's here somewhere, you know. And, and then um, you roll your window down and it's a blustery day. I mean, it's raining cats and dogs. You can hardly see. It's a terrible day. You don't, you're not, even though roll the window down, you're just getting blasted. And here the person comes and you roll the window down and you look and the person's right there and it's, it was a friend of mine. It was a friend of mine, Rick, who runs like a, um, a trucking company that, you know, hauls vehicles around. And he happened to see me, knew that it was really bad weather and he pulled, kind of pulled me over to say, hey, hey, it's okay. I can get you to where you're going. Just follow me. I thought how interesting, like my whole framework changed from one of fear, anxiety, and shock, and worry, to a person who brought news to me, who was able to like move me ahead to where I was going. You know, that's kind of what's happening with a little bit of that news. When the angels show up, they're usually people are what? They're in fear, right? They're in awe, they're, they're afraid. They're, oh my goodness, what's happened? But the angel says, no, 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 no. no I have good news. I have good news. I have good news. 
We get to be the bearers of good news. What's it like when you get some good news? You want to share that news. Kind of weird if you got good news, got something exciting happen to you in your life, but then you said, well, I'll just hold on to that. No, 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 no. We're ready to share that news, right? We want to tell other people that good news. We want to share with people something exciting that's happening that we're connected to. Even if it's bad news or difficult news, we rarely want to hold that. We need to share that with some people that will understand. But with good news, it's all the more reason to go, hey, I got some great stuff I want to share with you. That's the good news. E. Stanley Jones, a pastor from years and years ago, was actually a doctor and missionary in India. He wrote this in 1942. I like what he said. The early Christians did not say in dismay, look what the world has come to. But in delight, look what has come into the world. Look what has come into the world. He goes on to say, they saw not merely the ruin, but the resource for the reconstruction of that ruin. They saw not merely that sin did abound, but that grace did much more abound. On that assurance, the pivot of history swung from blank despair, loss of moral nerve and fatalism to faith and confidence that at last sin had met its match. I know it's challenging in our world today, but we have good news. We have the news that sin has met its match in people's lives. We may not be able to transform everything that's happening in the world, but we have news that can help to transform a person's life. The people around us, the people that we care about, the people that we don't even know yet. But you and I are bearers of good news. Good news. Wow. All right. Here we go. G. What's a G word in the story here? God would be good. We don't want to miss him. So let's, let's make sure we've got that one down. Okay, let's, all right, there we go. All right, okay, we got him. Okay, good. What else? What else is in the story? G, what's another G? What? Good, good is in the story. Good news. Okay, we'll put good up here because it kind of goes there. There we go. I've got to think about this one. This is challenging for me. Spelled it wrong in the first service. I think I have to go to classes again. Anyway, Gabriel, all right? Gabriel. Gabriel is the angel, right? Gabriel is the angel that brings the news. Gabriel is an interesting person. Who is this guy? And why does he have this name? And what's he all about? Why did God pick Gabriel out of all of the gazillions of angels? Why did God pick Gabriel? Well, we first encounter Gabriel... In the book of Daniel, God sends Gabriel to Daniel to help Daniel interpret a vision or a dream. And, and his message really to Gabriel is, Gabriel, can you help Daniel understand what I'm trying to say to him? So God, so God sends Gabriel to help Daniel. Gabriel, interesting. Um, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel... I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news to Zechariah. 
John the Baptist dead. Gabriel came. Gabriel was sent there. Hmm. Gabriel stands in the presence of God. Just think about that for a minute. Gabriel is one that stands privileged to stand right near God. So God must trust him. He must be a trustworthy person. He must understand that Gabriel stands in the presence of God because he can be trusted, he can be called upon. He serves to do the will of God. He longs to do God's will. He longs to be in God's presence. The word for stands is peripateo, which means to wait before a superior. To wait before a superior. In other words, he stands waiting before a superior to do his will. Gabriel is ready to do the will of God. He stands. Gabriel's name means man of God or strength of God. That's what Gabriel means. He is the one who is in favor with God, one who comes near to God, who stands in the very presence of God and is delighted to do the will of God. That's Gabriel. Why was he picked for this task? Why was Gabriel picked for this task? The task of sharing this good news with Mary. Why was Gabriel picked to do that? Or with John's dad? Why was Gabriel picked? Do you know, I don't know about you, but there are some, I think maybe just, maybe Gabriel had the touch. Maybe he had the touch. You know what I mean? Like there, I don't know about, don't mean to be offending any doctors here, but you know, there are some doctors who don't have the best bedside manner. They just don't. It's like, you know what? You're going to die. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, okay. So there's, they're not always great at that. Some doctors are not that good. I'm, I could think that, you know, a doctor could go in and go, you're pregnant. Whoa. Gabriel, on the other hand, is like, this is awesome. This is wonderful. You're going to have a baby. Maybe Gabriel had the touch. Maybe Gabriel knew how to connect to human beings in a way. Maybe Gabriel had that kind of a touch with people. Awesome. Gabriel, the messenger of good news and a messenger of God's love. Okay. Oops. Okay, I'm just going to give this one to you because you'll, like, you'll never get it because I made it up. Okay, all right? So there you go. Andy, you'll have to see me after class. Okay. Eternal welfare. How many guessed that? Okay. Eternal welfare. Well, what is that about? What are you talking about here? In Luke 15.10, we read this. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Angels praise God, but they are connected to us. There is this, this uniqueness of connecting heaven to earth kingdom of God in heaven to the kingdom of God on earth. The angels 
rejoice, what, over one sinner who repents. They have, they have an eternal welfare about who we are. They have our best welfare at heart. They're rejoicing when you or I repent. When anyone repents, when anyone turns around, turns to God, when somebody finds God, heaven breaks open. The angels rejoice. It's what they do because they know that there is this incredible connection that has never been there before between heaven and earth because of Jesus. They recognize who Jesus is, that he is the one that bridges that gap between heaven and earth. And they're delighted when somebody makes that connection. And so should we be. They rejoice in our eternal welfare. They participate with joy when we connect to God. They love it. And they rejoice in it. Eternal welfare. Here's the last one. This is like pretty easy. You don't get this. I don't know what's going on. Okay, what's this one? L. Okay, good. And actually, you know, love should be like over the whole deal here. But love. It says in Hebrews 1.6, And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. When God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him, worship Jesus. He knows the focus of the angel's attention needs to be on Jesus. Even though they're watching out, maybe for human beings, they're concerned about what's going on, whatever else they're doing, but the focus of their attention is to worship Jesus, which is our focused attention. And when our attention gets off that focus, we've got it on all kinds of other stuff, but it's not God's intent. God's intent is for the angel's focus to be on the person of Jesus and for you and for me, for our focus of attention to be on the love aspect, the loving aspect of God and the gift of his son. Anything else misses what God's trying to do in your life and in mine. Isn't that incredible, though, that God says, I want to connect earth and heaven. I'm going to do it by coming myself. I'm going to come in the form of a flesh and bone and blood little baby. And I'm going to come and I'm going to bring myself here as an ultimate expression of love because I want you to connect with me, God would say. And he would point all of those myriads of angels to that focused point. And he would point every human being that ever existed, if he could do it, he would point us all to that person of Jesus. And we have that good news to bring to people who haven't made that connection. Wow. That is incredible good news. I read this some time ago in a, a book by uh, Philip Yancey called The Jesus I Never Knew. That's a little anecdotal story. Let me read it for you. A senior angel is showing a very young angel around the splendors of the universe. They view whirling galaxies and blazing suns and then flit across the infinite distances of space until at last they, they enter one particular galaxy of 500 billion stars. And as the two of them draw near to the star which we call our sun and to its circling planets, the senior angel 
pointed to a small and rather insignificant sphere turning very slowly on its axis. It looked as dull as a dirty tennis ball to the angel, whose mind was filled with the size and the glory of what he had seen. I want you to watch that one particularly, said the senior angel, pointing with his finger. Well, it looks very small and rather dirty to me, said the little angel. What's special about that one? To the little angel, earth didn't seem so impressive. He listened in stunned disbelief as the senior angel told him that this planet, small and insignificant, and not overly clean, was the renowned visited planet. Do you mean that our great and glorious prince went down in person to this fifth-rate little ball? Why should he do a thing like that? The little angel's face wrinkled in disgust. Do you mean to tell me, he said, that he stooped so low as to become one of those creeping, crawling creatures on that floating ball? I do. And I don't think he would like you to call them creeping, crawling creatures in that tone of voice. For strange as it may seem to us, he loves them. He went down to visit them, to lift them up, to become like him. The little angel looked blank. Such a thought had almost, was almost beyond his comprehension. Sometimes God's beyond our comprehension. Oftentimes. Maybe the majority of the time, if we were to really sit and think about it, God is beyond our comprehension. But one thing that is not beyond our comprehension is the fact that God created us and loves us. And that God created us to catch on to that loving act, to see his son in the midst of everything else in our life, and to place that son in a relationship to Jesus at the center of who you are. That is God's focused purpose. God's purpose is for you and for me to connect with his son. And in doing so, God reveals great mysteries to us. He reveals a path of life for us. He gives us hope beyond hope. He becomes the one at the center to guide our life. And not just now, but an eternal life with him. What an incredible good news we have to share with people. What an amazing thing to realize that God, God cares about you and cares about me. It is almost incomprehensible. But it's not. To know that Jesus loves us and we can love him. Why don't you pray with me? God, this morning, we, we cannot comprehend all that you are. We only see a part, but the part that you've revealed to us is so amazing. You've revealed to us your life, your heart, through your Son. We thank you for the angels that bring words of glory and excitement and joy. You know, today, maybe for some of you that are here today, just hearing that announcement again that God has come to earth is what you need. Just to recognize that God brings good news for all of us, for every single one. That the angels are about rejoicing over every single person who connects to God. Maybe today it's just being reminded that 
that God has your eternal welfare, not just the angels, but God has your eternal welfare at the heart of his relationship to you. He has the best for you. He knows exactly who you are and what you're dealing with. Maybe today it's just being reminded that that God's remarkable love is for you and is for every person. Jesus, meet the needs that we have in the room today. You know each heart. And God, we just thank you for bringing joy to us by bringing good news. May we be bearers of good news in our world because people need it and they need you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.